This is the Todd and Friends Podcast. I don't like to waffle on predictions. That doesn't mean I always hope I'm right. Oh, what's he going to do? <laughs> oh, come on. I'm with you. So, thank that. you. Yeah, I'm with you. Todd, I knew we'd agree on something here. From the KWLM Sports Studio. With thanks to Heritage Bank, member FDIC, equal housing lender. Here's Todd Bergat. Hey, thanks for joining us for the podcast once again today. Greg Snow joining us via the telephone as he is on the road today uh, playing in a pro-am. And when I asked you where you were, I, I was surprised by the answer. I didn't know you went that far to play <laughs> pro-ams. Well, we like this. I've, I've told just many times in here we like to support. It's a brand new pro-am out of here in Bismarck at yeah. Hawk Tree Golf Club. Okay. Number one, ranked the number one by Golf Digest, ranked the number one course in the state. And so when we saw this on the schedule, it was kind of one that, uh, should we do it? Can we do it? Is it possible? Who wants to go? And so I turned it into a trip to take a couple of my staff and we're just making a couple of days out of it. Yeah, it's a long drive out here, but we got to talk about a lot of things in the car. And then we came out and played yesterday. And oh, despite not playing awesome, we, we had a lot of fun. It's an interesting track. Um, it's got some really, really cool holes. And then it's got some where we're like, what are we doing? You know, so it's uh, <laughs> kind of what you expect when you play a new golf course, right? Yeah, that's right. You're not going to just immediately say, oh, this is the best golf course I've ever played. Unless, of course, it's the first time you ever played it against a national or something. But, uh, right, yeah, right. It, it can be like that, uh, certainly. So uh, uh, you kind of get used to the, the course the first day and maybe play better the second day. That's what we always hope. It doesn't always turn out that way, though. Well, we're going to find out. We tee off shortly here. And, uh, yeah, there's some things, some strategies we talked about, some different holes. Like there's a 320-yard downhill par four that, of course, we just said, let's rip a driver on. Well, after replaying it in our heads and going through it, we're like, no, it's a six iron to 90 yards. There's no reason for us not because it's so downhill. And there's no room to land driver anyways. You'd be over the green, good luck getting up and down uh, because it probably isn't going to hold without a full shot. So, you know, just things like that that you just didn't know, and we were kind of reeling at the time, so you kind of say, all right, just bang it up there. You know, just, <laughs> just try to hit it on the green. Well, three of us hit it in the water, and we didn't play it very good. So at the end of the day, uh, yeah, there's some things we're going to do significantly different today than we did yesterday. Well, yeah, it's hard to know uh, otherwise. You know, there's another course out of that area called Bully Pulpit. Have you heard of that one? Yeah, Tony and I took a trip during COVID, and we went out there with our families, and we played, yeah. and Bully was good as well. Yeah. Uh, it was under construction when we played. Have you been out there, Todd? I have not, no. I've heard a lot about it. but So both of these are a good bucket list trip uh, for anybody you know in our area that if you wanted to come out this way. There's also one called the Lynx, at North, or the Lynx of North Dakota, okay. and they, they, the three of them kind of parlay some sort of package deal. But I've played two of the three now, and, uh, yeah, they're, they're good. They're good golf courses, Todd. Yeah, that's terrific. I've heard a lot about Bully Pulpit, never had a chance to make it. They opened that course quite a while ago. Uh, now I was invited for a media outing uh, up there, but uh, for some reason they thought me going 500 miles here to play golf wasn't probably in the radio station's <laughs> best interest. So they thought, well, sure, take some vacation time, go ahead. And I thought, eh, well, I guess not. But I, I hope... Yeah, that's a- I hope to get out there someday. To put on the budget. Yes, yep. it is. Yep, it is. No doubt. Hey, uh, I suppose you were busy all day yesterday. Didn't get a chance to watch Lee Hodges. You know, this is the great thing about golf, and and in part why we love the game so much and enjoy following it as much as we do uh, playing it, because you just don't know. I mean, Lee Hodges has been on tour for a little while. I think this is his sixty-fifth start. So, what would that be like? Four years, maybe or so that he's been out. Uh, 
on the tour, and it's his first win. But to win wire to wire and dominate, I'm not surprised some somebody who I didn't really know about at all until this weekend won the tournament because that's happened before at the 3M Open. It's not one of the elevated events, so you're not having the strongest field. But to have the guy win wire to wire and look like he's one of the best players in the world, that was a little surprising to me. Todd, here's the crazy part. I think for both you and I, and I don't want to speak out of turn. I'll let you have your your say of this. But we've played out there. We play with Chris Sauer yep. and Chad Pennington. We go out and we played a few times with these guys out there. And we play probably even a tee box up or two from where they're playing. And these numbers that they're shooting, I just we just can't see it. Yeah, I just don't know where they're what golf course they're playing. And that's the best indicator of how good these guys are. Yep. You know, what do you shoot? Twenty four under or twenty three? Twenty four. Yeah. Yeah, twenty four is seven shot win. And I sit there and I go, I, I haven't made 24 birdies there in my life, you know, let alone him making one in four rounds. And I probably played 10 rounds there. Yeah. And, you know, we're watching that par three. I think it's number 14 or 13. And it's 200 yards. And these guys are hitting it to five feet. Yeah. And I'm just praying to get it somewhere near the green to get up and down. And it's like, it's amazing how good they are. And, yes, back to uh, back to our winner. He. That would be about three years, probably, Todd, assuming that he played in 15, 20 events a year. Again, that could be spaced out longer than that. And, you know, sometimes they're higher and lower on the uh, on the list of where they can get in and yeah. when they get in. So, it, yeah, it's over the course of time. And a breakthrough win, if you want to call it that. Uh, the field got stronger because of the FedEx Cup points are getting close to being done. Yep. So you're trying to make that FedEx deal. So some late entrance that uh, made it good. And then local kid... Um, Frankie Sappen, he uh, made the cut. I don't yeah. even know where he finished, but some good things there. And then there's also another great story out there of Eric Van Royen and his caddy getting paired together yep. because Alex Doggard, who plays through the Minnesota section here, is a really good player, Todd. Mm. He is he is a phenomenal player. Yep. Um, and I'm he just doesn't play a lot because he's out with Eric Van Royen, you know, traveling the world really because Eric's a world traveler. He'll play everywhere. And so, um, so yeah, that's kind of cool storylines there for uh, for our you know PGA event that happens in Minnesota. Which for years I had screamed, I don't understand why we don't have one because we have the most Fortune 500 companies of almost any metropolis in the country. We should be having some sort of PGA Tour event here. Finally, it's it's panning out. I think it's going well for them. I think part of the problem why it took so long, Leader, was the schedule. Uh, you know, the weekends were spoken for, and the 3M comes in as a new tournament, and you get kind of the leftovers on the schedule. So each year they've been either the week before or the week after the British Open. Well, that's going to hurt your field automatically. And now that they have these elevated events, and the 3M Open isn't one of them, although I hope they do a rotation where maybe they, they can be an elevated event, you know, every third year or fourth year, something like that. But but that's kind of hurt the growth of the tournament, at least in terms of strength of field a little bit. Oh, for sure. And, Todd, that's, that's the other part of it is that um, you're just not going to get the best fields. We don't know where this elevated thing is going to go. Yeah. You know, with the live being... Will it continue? The, you know, yeah. Not, yeah, this elevated thing might have been a two-year whatever it was, you know, to just throw more money into there and just call it something different than what it used to be. But I, I'm not sure that it's going to continue because who knows if there's an influx of money coming in from live, maybe everything becomes, and I got my air quotes up, yeah. an elevated event, right? Mm. Because as we know, the Saudis got tons of money, and if they pump up some PGA events to get them up to where they are for the live events, you know, I, and I don't know where this is going to land. We've heard nothing for two months here. Yeah. Really nothing. 
uh, other than I think at some point we're going to have, I know they already had a couple congressional hearings, but boy, not a whole lot came out of that either. Uh, except that it seems that some uh, members of Congress aren't big fans of the Saudis. Uh, we, we learned that for sure. So that's going to make it a little harder uh, to get this across the finish line, uh, potentially. But if, if let's say if it goes south and the deal is not allowed to happen, uh, either by the U.S. government or by the groups themselves, they can't figure out a workable plan, and it all falls apart, uh, then, then we're back to competing again for the top players. So I hope that doesn't happen. I hope there's some way that they can reach some agreement. And the U.S. government has to realize that if they don't um, allow the merger, quote-unquote merger, uh, to happen, that, that it could continue to hurt the Gulf world more than if they do allow the Saudis in. Yeah, it's interesting that I, do they have to look at it from an economic standpoint with yeah. monopolies? Or do they have to look at it as what's good for the game? Because literally, this is just the game that we're talking about. Yeah. I did hear one of, one of the senators say, well, we're all, back to my point I made a couple of years ago, we all use Saudi oil. We yeah. all, I mean, to put it on the PGA Tour, it'd have to be this moral high ground because of, uh, because of what happened with 9-11. Well, why, why aren't we all held to that higher standard? Yeah. So you're right, Todd. I, I don't know how they have to look at it. I'm, I'm actually super interested to see if they... They have to take the economics of it and say, no, we're not allowing it's antitrust laws. We're not allowing a monopoly. Yeah. You can't do that. We're going to not allow it. And that's part of the, you know, why I think it's kind of quiet. It's who knows what's going to happen here. And I don't think it's good. Yeah, I, I don't think, either. I think some news is better than no news at this point. Yeah. You know, of kind of a direction. And, and again, how does Jay Monahan still have a job? Yes. How is this even possible right now? Yeah, I, I'm not sure, but he does. You know, and at the same time, there has been players that are coming out and spoken very strongly in Monaghan's favor, saying we believe that he does have the player's best interest. At the same time, other players, like Scotty Scheffler, have said there's a trust issue now. But others, I can't remember, I wish I could remember, I thought it was John Rahm uh, who said, no, we're fine with Monahan, or I am, at least, he said. I think he does have, he said, you can't be transparent in everything when these deals are being negotiated, and some guys need to understand that. I forget who it was who said, you know, they keep saying this is a player-run organization or tour. He said, it's not. It's player input tour. That's where guys got twisted off. But he said, we don't run this. He said, I don't know who said it's player-run. It isn't. I don't want to run it. But he said, we wouldn't mind having some things run by us in the course of doing things. But he said, we're all busy with our jobs, which is being a professional golfer. We aren't running the tour. It's it's a, it's a player input tour, not a player run tour. Yeah, that's the problem with that, though, Todd. Anytime people feel they have input, if it isn't done to what their suggestion is, they yeah. feel like they are being heard. Yeah. And we, we deal with this as golf pros, right, where we have suggestion, 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 and then we look at them and we go, oh, that sounds good, but really have no intention of acting on it. Because yeah. at the end of the day, I had three suggestions the other way or doing something opposite than that. And I have to be so, so I understand that point. You're right from the players and from Jay that at some point you have to make a decision. But again, he stood on that moral high ground. Like he was some pompous King and now he backed down yeah. like to no end. Like I just got different information. You did Yeah. the Josh. Who's the writer Todd that was killed? Josh, uh, uh, uh Jamal Khashoggi. 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 Yep. Again, that information didn't change. Yeah. That still happened. Yeah. 9-11. That still happened. 
Yeah. That information didn't change. What information changed for you, Jay? Yeah. That's what I kind of want to know, and I'm interested in it. What was different? Oh, maybe that uh, they offered a little bit more money? Yeah. <laughs> That's what I it was. Some information. It, it is coming down to that, no doubt. Hey, uh, let's get off of that once and and okay, uh, and finish up on the tournament itself uh, because there was an interesting decision that had to be made. You probably didn't get a chance to see it, uh, but uh, no. J- JT Poston was three shots back of Hodges on eighteen and three shots ahead of the two guys in third place. Now, if you just looked at the scores, you'd see that Poston wound up tied for second. He had a three-shot lead on third place, standing on the tee on 18. He was three shots behind Hodges. So he hits his tee shot. He cuts it a little too much. You know the, you know the 18th hole there at the TPC. Yeah. It runs over to the right. It runs down the side, but it hangs up just in the hazard area. Now, this is his tee shot. Uh, it hangs up just in the, in the hazard area. He's got about 204 yards to cross the water. And 216 to the flag. All right? Now, you're, you you put yourself in his position. What do you do? I think I was there, Todd. I uh, think when we played with Sauer, I was on that side bank. Yeah, that could be. So, anyway, answer my question. I don't <laughs> okay, care about that. <laughs> I just asked okay, it. Keep going. Yeah, I asked the question. So, do, what do you do when you're in that position? Your ball is it's a little below his feet. He has a good lie, but it's in the rough. 204 to clear the water. Uh, he's got he's three shots behind Hodges, who is has already laid up because he hit his tee shot left and is in perfect position to go on to the green. Uh, and then you have your shot, three shots ahead of third, three shots behind first. What do you do? Well, J.T. Poston is not one of those, um, uh, he's not a well-known name necessarily, so yep. his mind probably is, I need a win. Um, second place, nobody remembers, but there's tons of FedEx points tons of money i mean what did that cost him todd yeah i bet it's a lot of money that it cost him so and i guess if he lays up from 204 he's looked at as well you're just a guy that doesn't care to win so now he can hold his head high and say no i went i tried to get eagle and then hope that um you know hodges hopefully that he did whatever so he must have hit in the water a couple times then just once just once you know he took the triple uh, he hit it in the water, and then he laid up, and then he three putted it. So he wound oh, up, boy. yeah, he wound up with the triple instead, and it cost him about three hundred and forty thousand dollars, as well as uh, quite a few FedEx Cup <laughs> points uh, as well. So yeah, that was a tough situation for him to to be Todd, in. I, I probably would, I probably would have laid up if you're asking me what you do or what would I do. That's what, what I was you, thinking. I would have laid up and taken the thing and said, I'll live to fight another day and, yeah. you know, can go home to my wife and say, honey, I made a family decision. Yeah. I didn't, I, I'm sorry. That's just what that was because 340,000, these guys, people don't understand. They got agents, they got caddies, they got investors, they got all these different people. They have taxes, coaches. They have all these different things they got to pay. 340,000 nets down to, I don't know, probably under half. Yeah. You know, oh, yeah. what they're taking home. And um, it's, it, again, you win 50,000, you didn't win 50,000. You yeah. won twenty thousand, maybe yeah. or fifteen thousand, yeah. and we all sit here and go, "Wow, they, you know, they're making so much money." Not some of those guys. Yeah, we've heard if you're not in the top seventy-five, you're struggling. Yeah, you're just trying to you're just trying to make a paycheck to get to next week. So that wasn't no light decision that he took there. That no, that had. To, do you think his caddy said something? Oh, dude, maybe we should just play for second place here. Yeah, I don't know. That's a good question. I'd like to know. I'd like to ask the caddy. I didn't see that part of it if they did ask him about it. I didn't see any of the postgame stuff with him. I'm sure that they immediately said, what was the thought process? Did you guys talk about it uh, on that second shot? 
on uh, 18. I, I tip my cap to the guy for going for it. But looking at the shot, it was not. I mean, it was a 5% chance he was going to be able to, to hit that ball onto the green in a position to make a putt. That's the key, is that green is kind of shallow when you go across it, uh, across the water there on 18. It's one thing to have it in the fairway and be able to get it up there for an eagle putt, but with the ball below his feet, which it was, and then he hit it just a line drive out of there. He didn't hit it how he wanted, and it it hit into the rocks, you know, the the bulkhead right before the green and ricocheted back. But uh I, I didn't I didn't I wouldn't have gone for it either. I think I would have laid up a business decision. I think uh, probably would have been made there. So yeah, tip your cap to the guy, but he took a long long shot. Not only did he need that, but then he needed Hodges who's been rock solid all weekend uh to make uh let's say he makes the eagle and then he needs Hodges to make bogey to make a playoff, but he was 105 yards out in the fairway. He's not going to make bogey from there, you know. So it was a tough call. Uh, he took the uh, the road, uh, you know, that that made it look as though he was really going and trying to win, and I'm sure he did yeah. want to. But it was such a small chance of winning. I don't think I would have done it. Well, let's go back to the point that I was making before I got scolded by you, Todd. Is that <laughs> I did have that shot. Because yes. I hit it in the water over there, and then you have to drop on that side hill. And this is a knee buckler, folks. Yeah. And what I mean by a knee buckler is that you have to get such a deep knee bend that the heel of your club digs into the hill. Yeah. If you can imagine a right-handed golfer. So to pull that shot off, you have to maintain your flex in your knees through the shot so that your the heel of your club does not dig into the heel, which can go either way then. You can flip the hands and pull it way up to the left, or you can catch it a little heavy, which is, I'm guessing, what he did because he didn't clear the number, and he comes up and he hits the bulkhead. That is no shot that I want for even $5, right. let alone for $350,000. So right. that's, that's a whole other conversation that if you stand out there, if you get a chance to play TPC and you are on that hanging lie, we're all laying up, whether it's for the Nassau game that we're playing or for the big check. Yeah. It's just a super hard shot. So, it is. Yeah, you're right, Todd. Tip our hats. It's a, hard, it's a hard shot from the fairway, let alone, let alone down in the rough uh, in the hazard area. So, uh, you know, he took a chance. It didn't work out. Uh, but uh, nonetheless, a good weekend for, for Poston as well. Uh, Greg, thanks so much. Safe travels on your way back later today from Bismarck. Thanks, Todd. Have a great day. Greg Snow joining us on the Todd and Friends podcast. It's brought to you by Heritage Bank. Member FDIC, an equal housing lender. Watch for future episodes of the Todd and Friends podcast at kwlm.com or on the air here at KWLM, 1340 AM and 96.3 FM.